All right, guys, welcome back to Revive School. Here we are, Lesson 21, and I'm just going to tell you, you thought yesterday's stories with Samson and, and the jawbone, the fresh jawbone, right, Kevin? And killing of the, the thousand men, and then you got to throw in 300 foxes and lighten those things on fire and putting them into a, you know, a field. Like, the stories are weird. It's actually going to get weirder. That's kind of the beauty of Judges. It's like, I feel bad for them, but man, this is super entertaining. But as it's entertaining, hopefully, you ready for this? Hopefully you glean something from this. Hopefully we can learn how to not be in this cycle. Because the whole point of Judges is, well, there's lots of points in this, but one of them is, is that our one word for the book of Judges is judge. And that Jesus serves as a judge, as one who comes in and saves. And so what you're going to see is characters throughout the book of Judges over the period of 300 years, all of them are going to attempt to come in. That's the key word, attempt. Samson is a big time attempt, right? He's going to come in and they're going to try to deliver and set people free from that scenario. And, you know, for the most part, they're doing a pretty good job about it. Now, where we're going to go today is in Judges 17 and 18. It's just weird. Okay, in Judges 17, as a quick summary, here you have a guy named Micah. Micah all of a sudden has 1,100 pieces of silver he decides to give to his mother. Then the mother says, hey, this is what we're going to do with it. In fact, Kevin, will you go there? Judges 17, verse 4. They decide to take, he returns the silver to his mother. She took the five pounds of silver, gives it to a silversmith, and then they turn it into a carved image overlaid with silver. And this is in Micah's house, okay? This is the backdrop of our story today. In those days, it says in verse 6, okay? In those days, there was no king in Israel and everybody did whatever he wanted. Apparently, they're making carved idols or making carved images out of silver. Interesting enough, as it continues to go to verse 10, here you have a Levite, okay? Like actually what you think of as a Levite. And it says, Micah replied, stay with me and be my father and my priest. And I'll give you four ounces of silver a year along with your clothing and provisions. So the Levite went in. So in other words, this Levite is going to be an in-house father for the guy named Micah and a paid priest. And he's going to get clothing and everything that he needs. It sounds like a pretty sweet deal. But this is what the Levite is doing for a guy named Micah, who has what? A carved image out of silver. Interesting enough, in verse 13, this is his perspective. Then Micah said, now I know that the Lord will be good to me because a Levite has become my priest. So like I have my own in-house Levite. It's, this is pretty incredible. Sean, I can kind of see you doing this. I'm sure it pays well. I meant paying the guy. You were talking about being the priest. <laughs> okay, so this, this is the back, backdrop, okay? So Micah, his mother, and now an in-house guest named Levite, which is really the, the occupation, all right? So in verse 1 of Judges 18, this is where we're going to go. Remember, we are looking for a judge in this story, okay? Keep that in mind. It's going to be hard to find, but I'm just telling you, in this chaos... He's always looking for somebody to step up and step into the situation. In verse 1, it says this, In those days, there was no king in Israel. And the Danite tribe, okay, we know that there was 12 tribes. This would be one of the 12 tribes of Israel. The Danite tribe was looking for territory to occupy. That's really confusing. What do you mean they're looking for territory to occupy? We already know 
And, and look what it says. Up to that time, no territory had been captured by them among the tribes of Israel. Okay, this is a little weird, but let's walk through this process. Okay, Jacob uh, decides to have a fifth son born of Rachel's handmaid named Billah. Okay, now that would be Dan. So Dan is the fifth son of Jacob. Okay, they're one of the smaller tribes. Okay, they're, they're not huge in Numbers 139. And in Joshua 19, they're actually given choice land. Okay, they're given ideal land uh, that they're saying, here it is based on Joshua 19, 40 through 47. And in fact, let's go there if we can, Kevin. Go to Joshua 19, 40 through 47. And the only reason I want to go to there is just I want to show you how ideal the situation is. The seventh lot came out for the Danite tribe by its clans. Remember, here's the allotment, right? The territory of the inheritance included Zorah, Eshtalal, Irshamesh, keeps going, Shahalabin, <laughs> Ajalan, that was a really bad one, Ithtala, okay, keep going, verse 43, Ilan, Timnan, ah, Timna, right? We've heard of this one, right? Ekron, keep going, Eltaka, Gibbethon, Balath, keep going, Jehud, Benaberek, Gath, Rimon, keep going, Mejarokin and Rakon, with the territory facing Joppa. Keep going to 47. When the territories, this is interesting, slipped, uh, the territory of the Danites slipped out of the control, their control, they went up then against Lishim, captured it and struck down with a sword. Now, here's where I want to go with this. So they took possession of it, lived there and renamed Lishim after their ancestor Dan. Now, Kevin, let's go back to um, verse one. It says, we're looking for territory to occupy. Why are they looking for territory to occupy? Because they've already been given this land, right? Right. It's super weird unless they want more. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk through confusion as one commentary says, I'm going to walk through the sins of the tribe of Dan today. Okay. It's kind of being an interesting little study here. Okay. In verses one through two. Okay. What you're going to see is covetousness. These guys wanted something else. They were clearly given land in the Pentateuch that said, this is what the land's going to be. Joshua then allots the land. But in 18 verse one, it says they're looking for territory to occupy. Did we not just talk about a guy, a deliverer, a judge who was actually in an area and he wanted more? What did he want? He wanted a Philistine woman and he went out of his territory, so to speak, went out of his range and he messed up. And I'm going to tell you this right here, verse one, I'm going to say at the very, very end, I'm going to tie all this together creates massive problems. And I actually think there's a major consequence for the tribe of Dan because they did this here today. I really, not today, but as we're talking about today, and I really believe this is a, it's kind of a, it is a major issue. And in fact, if you go to Judges 1 verse 34, just to put a cap to this, in Judges 1 verse 34, it says this about the tribe of Dan. The Amorites, right, forced the Danites into the hill country and did not allow them to go down into the valley. That means because they received opposition, they said, okay, we're out. So you see a transition, even at the beginning of the book of Judges, this period of time, they say, well, if we, if we can't get this, what, what do we want? Dude, they were given some great property and they're like, I bet there's better real estate out there. So it says this in verse two, because they wanted more, they had to integrate everybody. So the Danites, what did they do? They sent out five brave men from all of their clans, from Zorah and Eshtael, and to scout out the land and explore it. They told them, five scouts, go and explore the land. In other words, go find, go find us some good land. Now, you know where they're looking for land, right? In places that's already been allotted. 
Like, this is just weird to me. They came to the hill country of Ephraim as far as the home of Micah. Wait a minute. Okay, so now Judges 17, this is the Micah. Micah, who gave his mama 1,100 pieces, right, dollars worth of whatever, silver. And then his mom says, let's turn this into a carved image. And then in that home, who else is living there but Sean? The Levite, who's getting paid, he's getting clothes, he's getting money. This Levite is his in-house pastor, right? Okay, this is how this story gets really weird. The Danites are out exploring, and then there's Micah and the Levite and a mother. Okay, everybody on the same page? This is kind of cool. So it says this in, in verse 3. Uh, well, let me just, did I say this at the very end? I didn't. At the very end of very, verse 2, it says, and they spent the night there. I just want to make sure. I so five spies come to Micah's house. And they decide to spend the night there. Then it says in verse three, and what you're going to see now in verses three through six, okay, we've already kind of talked about sin. Here's what's going to happen with these spies. They're going to get what Wearsby says is ungodly counsel. Okay, so they go in and covet. And I promise you this, whenever you go in and you look for something that you want, you'll hear any kind of counsel you want in order to make it work, right? You'll always, like my kids do this all the time. Right. Oh, but you said, no, I didn't. No, you said it like three days ago. Yeah, it was three days ago. You know, like you manipulate the switch, the situation. It says, while they're in Micah's home, they recognize the speech of the young Levite. They recognize Sean talking. <laughs> like, I, I actually think this is really cool that they recognize him. Why would they recognize him, do you think? Like, if you heard a guy from New York, do you think you could tell the guy's from New York? Oh, yeah. How? His accent. There you go. So you have an accent, some form of a dialect that they know, hey, this is, this is one of us. And they recognized the speech of the young Levite, and so they went over to him, or maybe he had a speech problem, I don't know. <laughs> Why do you not talk so smart? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. He said, who brought you here? Like, how did you end up in this house? We're spies, you know? What are you doing in this place? You're going to blow our cover. What is keeping you here? I, I think they're shocked. <laughs> and then the scripture says in verse 4, he told them, this is the Levite, who's getting paid, right? What Mike had done for them and that he had hired him as his priest. You know, it's like Craigslist. Anybody want a free priest or, you know, I mean, it's... And then they said to him in verse five, please inquire of God so we will know if we will have a successful journey. So these five spies are talking to a Levite who's getting paid, right? Now, I have to do this because I think this helps paint a picture of this Levite. Sean, I'm going to change the name now from Sean to Jonathan. This is crazy to me, you guys. If you would, um, where do we have this here? Can you go to verse 30, Kevin? It says in verse 30, the Danites set up the carved image for themselves. And then it says, Jonathan, son of Gershom, son of Moses, and his sons were priests for the Danite tribe until the time of the exile. Most commentators would all agree that the original young priest that we're talking about right now is this Jonathan in verse 30, the grandson of Moses. This is crazy to me. Now it's just kind of like, wait, now we're stepping on like holy ground. Like this is like the patriarch's lineage, right? So just to keep going here. So the priest said, hey, here's what I'm hearing from the Lord. He doesn't say that, but that's what he's implying in verse six. Go in peace. The Lord is watching over the journey you're going on. This comes from a guy who's getting paid as a priest from a guy named Micah who has a, a carved image. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't buy this guy's lines. He's going to say whatever he wants. Well, of course he's going to say, go in peace. Like, you know, 
And so these spies say, hey, is our journey going to be successful? Is our journey going to be like, is this going to be good? Oh, yes. The Lord is watching over the journey. He's with you. Now, this is where it gets really bizarre, right? In verse seven, okay? Now we're going to get, so that, that's your ungodly counsel. So the five men are like, yeah, sweet, we got this. God's going to give us to us. Now we get into verses seven through 13, and it kind of, there's a couple of things here. But the violence, now we're getting into a couple more sins that are, these are coming from our spies, right? Violence and murder, really you have it verses seven through 13. And I'm going to leave this open because we're going to come back to another section that has this as well. It says, the five men left and they came to Laish. They saw that the people who were there living securely in the same way as Sidonians, quiet and unsuspecting, there was nothing lacking in the land and no oppressive ruler. They were not far from the Sidonians, having no alliance with anybody. So let's go to the map over here. You know, what I love about this, you think about this, okay? It says, the men left in verse seven and they came to Laish, okay? Now look, look at this long journey that what started off, and it, it even says this, it started off in Ephraim, right? So it says in verse two, Go and explore the land. They came to the hill country of Ephraim. So they're in here as far as the home of Micah. And then right here is the house of Micah in this area. And then they continued on in approximately 125 mile journey. They get to Laish. And in this area, it says that they find a people group called the Sidonians. They're quiet. They're unsuspecting. Nothing lacking in the land. In other words, like, hey, this is easy prey. Just all we're doing is scouting out the land. Hey, this looks like we could totally take them. They're about 30 miles to the east. Uh, to the west, <laughs> no, 30 miles east, they're east, 30 miles east of the Mediterranean Sea. This other area, just so you know, up there, it's also known, and some of us would know this in scriptures in the New Testament, as the Phoenician area, Phoenicia area, okay? So you have the Tyre and Sidon area, okay? In the New Testament language, that's kind of what I want us to kind of have that in the imagery, okay? So think about this. It says in verse eight, when the men went back, so they went from here and it says, then they went back to the clans at Zora and Eshtel, that's a long hike, you guys. Like, that's a long, long walk. And their people said, hey, what what'd you find out here? And they answered, come on, let's go up against them. We've seen the land and it's very good. Why wait? Don't hesitate to go and invade and take possession of the land. Interesting enough, when you think about the original 12 spies, the tribe of Dan that was represented did not say this. They were scared, right? Now they have five and they're saying, oh yeah, we... We have this land. So it continues on in verse 10. When you get there, you're going to come to an unsuspecting people in a spacious land, right? For God has handed it over to you. It's a place where nothing on earth is lacking. In verse 11, it says this, 600 Danites, okay, departed from Zorah and Eshtol, and they armed with weapons of war. So 600 Danites, okay, from the tribe of Dan, they're going up into an area that's not theirs. And it comes back to covetousness. It comes back to because they coveted something. I think this is actually important. They received ungodly counsel to make it work. Oh yeah, you're, it's totally going to be blessed. No, it's not. It wasn't blessed from the very beginning of this process. And then in the process, as it keeps going, now watch, you're going to experience violence and murder. So here's what it says. So 600, 600 Danites departed from Zorah. Now I do want to say this. At one point, there was a whole lot more soldiers in Dan. I don't know. We're not really sure on the time frame of is this the small army or is this only what survived? But, you know, in Numbers 1, 38 and 39, Numbers 1, 38 and 39. Think about this, you guys. Somewhere in there, they've lost their confidence. Somewhere in there, they've lost their like, I can do this. 
uh, go to verse 39. It says, the descendants of Dan, look at this, those registered are 62,700. So you have 600 soldiers that are going now. Somewhere in there, something happened. Again, this just could be a, a, a Navy SEAL team. Nobody really knows yet. And then again, the numbers actually, crazy enough, increase in Numbers 26, verse 42. So here you have the violence and murder. You have 600 men, but at some point in the end of Numbers, and then it goes into verse 43, 64,400. So you have 62,000, 64,000. And now we're saying, hey, send 600 men. If you're going to claim a land, I'd probably send a whole lot more. The only thing is, is that based on the report, is that, hey, up in this area of Laish, these Sidonians, they're nothing. That's the only thing we conclude, conclude and say, oh, well, that's maybe why they didn't send everybody. Okay, it continues on. This is where the violence begins. It says, they went up and camped at Kiriath-Jerim, uh, right here, right? So they haven't even, right, Kevin, they haven't even made it very far. Am I right? It says, this is why the place is called the Camp of Dan to this day. It was west of kiriath uh, Dream, which again means camp of Dan. And there it says, from, they, from there they traveled to the hill country of Ephraim and arrived at Micah's house. I haven't really made it super far yet, but I wanted to give you a visual of 600 men walking in. <laughs> and then in verse 14, right? All right, so we're going to get, remember, I'm coming back to the violence and murder sin here. Okay. So that's the setting up they, they're walking on this journey to experience that. Does that make sense? So it hasn't been completed yet. But now when you go into another area of sin, like, I feel like I'm like a beat cop right now for, for, uh, you know, Dallas, it's breaking and entering. <laughs> okay. This is, this is one of their sins. Oh, and oh, by the way, it has robbery. And, you know, I don't know if this is a you know, crime, but it is definitely, it's present intimidation. <laughs> and that comes verses 14 through 26. So it says, the five men who had gone to scout out the land of Laish, they told their brothers, hey, did you know that there's an ephod, household goods and a carved image overlaid with silver in these houses? Now think about what you should do. That's so funny, Kevin. What do you think? Uh, just the five guys. It's the five guys. The five men, right? They're like, hey, what do you think you should do if you see this stuff? Right? In verse 15, they, they detoured there and went to the house of the young Levite named Jonathan, not Sean, sorry, at the home of Micah and, and greeted him. <laughs> Hello, young Levite. The 600 Danite men, right, were standing by the entrance of the gate armed with their weapons of war. Uh, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> then the five men who had gone to scout out the land went in. They went into the house. They took the carved image overlaid with silver, the ephod and the household items, uh, idols, excuse me, while the priest was standing there by the entrance of the gate with the 600 men armed with weapons of war. So the priest just says, oh, wow, five guys come in. And, and then what do they do? They, they steal everything. And it says in verse 18, when they entered Micah's house and took the carved image overlaid with silver, the ephod and the household idols, the priest said to them, hey, what are you guys doing? <laughs> Remember, you blessed us. That's what I want to say. You blessed us. And I love, I love what the Danite said. Be quiet. Shut up. Look, keep your mouth shut. And here's where the negotiation comes in. Come with us and be a father and a priest to us. So Jonathan, the grandson of Moses, Lord willing, if that's him, they say this to him. Is it better for you to be a priest for the house of one person or to be a priest for a tribe and a family in Israel? Well, it's actually a legit question. 
do you want to be well known or do you just want to hang out with Micah and your, his mom? You know, like, and so, and they told him to shut up. It's awesome. Only in scripture. Be quiet. Keep your mouth shut. Don't let my kids see this first. Because we're like, you can't say that. So anyway, here's what it says in verse 20. So the priest was pleased and, well, all right. He took his ephod, household idols, carved image, and he went with the people. What I think is interesting is, is what's happening with the tribe of Dan is exactly what uh, Jacob's prediction was for the tribe of Dan. Do you remember in Genesis 49 when he walks through all of these like, hey, this is going to be you guys. This is what you're going to experience. In Genesis 49.17, excuse me, he describes the tribe of Dan. And he says, he will be a snake by the road, a viper by the pa- beside the path that bites the horse's heels so that its rider falls backwards. That's the tribe of Dan. He's going to be a snake by the road. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to bite on the path. Prophetically, I think we're actually beginning to see exactly what his, his family said was going to happen. Verse 22, it says this, after they were some distance from Micah's house. So now they have the priest. Now they have all the images, the men who were in the houses. So the ones that were near Micah and Micah was like, hey, dude, gets his neighbors together. Hey, they just stole everything and they took my priest. <laughs> and it says they caught up with the Danites. In verse 23, it says they called to the Danites. You guys, this is one of the best interactions right here. So these men, Micah, hey, what's the matter with you? You, that you mobilize the men, right? I love this. So think about this. Okay. The Danites turn around. Let, let me, let me, let me tell you this story again here, just so you get a better image. Okay. So Micah gathers his neighbors, his buddies. They're on the way. The Danites are ahead of them. The kids, everything's in front. And the Danites turn around and they look at Micah with this sarcastic voice, pretty much, right? Like, hey, what do you, what do you think you're doing over there, guys? Have you not seen the 600 of us? And then in verse 24, he says, you took the gods. So Micah says, you took the gods I had made and the priests and went away. What do I have left? How can you say to me, what's the matter with me? <laughs> and then I love this. Danites, look what they said. Don't raise your voice against us. <laughs> or, or angry men will attack you and you and your family will lose your lives. So how does Micah and his neighbors? Well, verse 26 says the Danites went on the way and Micah turned around. <laughs> Like, that's the fighting that we just saw. It was arguing. All they did was argue. They took a priest. They took the carved idols, which is a big deal and a major issue. And then Micah's like, oh, okay. And he goes back to his mom. <laughs> I mean, it's just a weird story. And then here we go. Okay, remember I told you we we're going to come back. This is where we get back into the violence component. Because right now, I mean, nothing's really, they just yelled at each other. Right now, that's bad if you yell at each other. But it says, after they had taken gods, Micah had made and the priests that had belonged to him, they went to Laish. So, so here they are. They finally made it all the way up here, right? Because where were the people at that they wanted to take? Where was the land that they wanted to take? Everything was right up here. It says they went to Laish to a quiet and unsuspecting people and they killed them with their swords and burned down the city. They rebuilt the city. They lived in it to a land that really was not supposed to be theirs. And in verse 29, it says they named the city Dan. That was original, right? Actually, let me, let me go back to verse 28. There was no one to rescue them because it was far from Sidon and they had no alliance with anybody. It was in a valley that belonged to Beth Rehob. They rebuilt the city and then lived in it. So most of the times when you, you don't burn down cities because then you have to take the time to rebuild it. This is actually unusual that they burn it down and they actually took the time to rebuild it. That takes a while. So when you think of in between 27 and 28, this was a process here. 
Then you get into verse 29. They named the city Dan after the name of their ancestor Dan, who was born to Israel. And the city was formerly named Laish. So now that's gone. City's gone. Rebuilt it. Everything, everything is becoming new. And then the Danites, here's where it goes, is that the Danites set up the carved images for themselves. And then here's our friend, Jonathan, son of Gershom, son of Moses, and his sons were priests for the Danite tribe until the time of the exile from the land. It's never a good slope when you start with sin. It just gets slipperier and slipperier. In fact, it says, look in verse 31. This is how, this is how bad it got. They set up for themselves Micah's carved image that he had made. And it was there as long as the house of God was in Shiloh. Holy cow. Here's, here's what we're talking about, you guys, okay? Uh, a couple things. MacArthur says the ark of God was far away from them, okay? Because they're way, 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 way up here, right? And so then they justified their idolatry by their distance. Oh, we don't want to walk all the way back down to Shiloh to worship the Lord. And so then this cause, because of their distance, this called, cause, as, as MacArthur said, perpetual idolatry for many generations. Just by simply saying, my distance doesn't allow me to experience God. Now, here's where, here's where I think for the tribe of Dan, it gets actually a lot of people in trouble, even in the American church. How many times do we come up with scenarios of, and I, this is a horrible example because I know churches everywhere, but like, oh, I can't go to church on Sunday. You know, I have X, Y, and Z. So we begin to come up with all of these excuses. Well, the tribe of Dan just said, well, heck, we're just going to move this way so we don't even have that option. Here's where it gets really sticky. Uh, the, Warren Wiersbe says the first tribe, okay, Dan, they became the first tribe to officially adopt, this is crazy, an idolatrous system of religion out of all the 12 tribes. The tribe of Dan was the first one that set up a false religion. In fact, when the kingdom was divided, Jeroboam I of Israel, he would set up the golden calves in Dan and Beersheba, uh, encouraging the whole nation to turn away from their true and living God. And it was in Dan. Dan became um, like, oh, that's, that's the tribe that started that. Now, here's where I want to go, and here's where I really want to just close everything. And I can't prove this, and I don't know if anybody else can as well. But I want you to go to Revelation 7, verse 5 through 8, Kevin. Revelation 7, 5 through 8. I really believe that there are consequences for everything we do. Now, in the 144,000, okay, we know that the 144,000, okay, are not some current religion today, just so you know. There are religions today, false religions that say they are the 144,000. That's the most ridiculous thing ever, you guys. The 144,000 are Jewish evangelists, okay? that come from the tribes of Israel, okay? They're Jewish evangelists. Isn't that sound crazy? There's going to be Jews that are going to evangelize, yes, about the Messiah. And they're going to come from 12 tribes. I want to read through this and I want you to see what you don't notice. 12,000 are sealed from the tribe of Judah. 12,000 are sealed from the tribe of Reuben. 12,000 are, can you go back, from the tribe of Gad. It continues on, 12,000 are from the tribe of Asher, 12,000 are from the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000 are from the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000 are from the tribe of Simeon, 12,000 are from the tribe of Levi, 12,000 from the tribe of Issachar, 12,000 are from the tribe of Zebulon, and then we're going to go to two more, 12,000 from the tribe of Joseph, and 12,000 sealed from the tribe of Benjamin. There's no Dan. In the end, 
when the Lord entrusts 12 tribes, Dan is left out. Can I prove that it's because that they instituted the first idolatrous religious system within the tribes of Israel? No, I can't. But I, I do think there's a really good chance that that was not the Lord's plan. And because of that, okay, I'll use somebody else. And so that's kind of what I see. And you know how it started? Just simply coveting another piece of land. Isn't that crazy? And when you covet, it leads to all kinds of other issues. And that's really, really, really what we want to unpack today, you guys. There's a lot here in Judges 17 and uh, 18. Hopefully, this encourages you to um, keep your eyes on the Lord, not on anything else. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks. Thanks.